We're going to read uh, just again verses 15 and verse 17. Uh, This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. But the wisdom that is from God is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful to be in your presence. And Father, I I pray that you'd give me wisdom as I speak. I I pray, Father, that you would help me to make clear uh, your word and what true wisdom is. Father, I trust you. Thank you for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to bring a message this evening uh, on being truly wise. Being truly wise. How many of you would raise your hands and say, I want to be wise? Of course. And uh, uh, so we're going to get a, a, a message on wisdom. And I didn't, and most people would, you know, they'd pay lots of money to hear on wisdom. We, we want wisdom. Well, in our text, we have very obviously two different types of wisdom. And I believe we all face a tendency, we have a desire, we have a natural inclination towards what our text refers to as worldly wisdom. We have a natural inclination to to study so that we can show ourselves to be wise, to study so that we can perhaps better ourselves, to study so to, to have a type of wisdom really that would enable us to argue our point. And the pursuit of worldly wisdom is the pursuit of ambition. And it leads to strife. And by the way, we we all have to make the decision really to to put that aside. Because so much greater than the world's wisdom, so much greater than the knowledge that would give the world's approval is the wisdom that God gives. Because the wisdom that God gives is the wisdom that gives a heart that is joyful. The wisdom that God gives is the wisdom we truly ought to have. Our text, asks, our text asks a question. First, James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is a wise man? Who and endued with knowledge? Who is wise? Who is truly wise? Proverbs chapter 8, verse 11 says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all that may be desired are not to be compared to her. Proverbs chapter 4 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee, and she shall bring to thee honor when thou dost embrace her. First of all, I would like to note it. Just, I'm going to be brief tonight because I'll be honest, I'm not that wise. But um, what is wisdom? Um, our, our text, I find it very fascinating, says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge? We have both the question of wisdom and knowledge. I think there's a fascination, fascinating study, a correlation. I believe they're intrinsically linked, they're twins. What is wisdom's relation to knowledge? 
Well, just in review, I would encourage you to research or just word search in your Bible wisdom and knowledge. But when I think of wisdom, I think of Solomon. Are you familiar with Solomon, the the man who God gave wisdom? Why did he give wisdom? Because Solomon asked for wisdom. And we're going to discover the way for wisdom is is through prayer. But did you know Solomon did not just ask for wisdom? Solomon, if you read the verse, I'll read it for you. 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 says, Give me now wisdom and knowledge, that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this people that is so great? Romans chapter eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depth, riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Proverbs chapter 52 says, the tongue, 15 verse 2 says, The tongue of, of the wise useth knowledge. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 7, The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. Please turn to Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. Of course we find... The, a key verse, one of the very, the key verses, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. What is wisdom? What is the wisdom of this world and what is the wisdom of God? The wisdom, very simply, is the ability to use knowledge to make correct choices and decisions. Knowledge is is what we have, is what we know. And knowledge is so important, but the wisdom is what makes knowledge practical. Um, You see, in the Bible, there there are three different people. If you read the book of Proverbs, you see the wise man who is a person who loves God and follows God, and by the way, uses what they know from God's word, uses God's word to guide them. On the other hand, you have the foolish man. Now, the foolish man is not the person without knowledge, which is, which is uh, what we know, what we know to be true. Rather, uh, let me read to you Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22. How long, ye simple ones, we love simplicity, and scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. A, a foolish man is not that person who does not have knowledge, but rather is the person who misuses knowledge. A foolish person is a person who also, the, the verse says, who hates knowledge. They go against knowledge. They misuse knowledge. But there is a person also in the middle who's called the simple. And the simple person is not the person who has rejected knowledge. It is not the person who has found knowledge. It is the person who has no knowledge. So very simply, first of all, the first step a truly wise person will make is we must be a person with knowledge. We must be a person who has studied Proverbs, turn to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. We're going to be in Proverbs a lot tonight because Proverbs is the wisdom book. 
But I want you to think about that. Knowledge is knowing, is, is, is knowing what to do. Knowledge is being, to, being able to recognize a situation. The knowledge of holy is understanding is what Proverbs 9 says. But wisdom is, I believe, the ability that God gives where we can use the knowledge that we have found in his word and that we've found through study. I believe, really, knowledge we are responsible to give, to get. Knowledge we are responsible to discover. And then when we have knowledge and we seek God's wisdom, God gives us the ability to use the knowledge rightly. And, and we'll, but uh, turn to Proverbs 18, chapter 18, verse 1. Through desire, a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. Proverbs chapter, turn to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart unto understanding. Verse 3, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up the voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures. Before a person can ever be wise, they must gain knowledge. Well, where is it that we find knowledge? Uh, turn, well, I'll just, I'll just read it to you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished unto all good works. You see, we believe as Christians in what's called the sufficiency of Scripture. All information is not found in the Bible, but I believe that all that I need to guide my life is to know what God's Word says. So before we can be a wise person, we must be a person who knows the Bible. Because wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Wisdom is what God gives, but knowledge takes hard work. Knowledge takes memory. I wonder, have you studied God's word? What does God's word say about parenting? What does God's word say about being an employer? What does God's word say about being a son? What does God's word say about being a father? What does God's word say about teamwork? What does God's word say about alcohol? What does God's word say about diligence? What does God's word say about mornings? What does God's word say? Listen, if we're going to be a person of wisdom, first of all, we have to have have a passion for God's word and a passion really to understand God's word. What does God's word say? I love new believers in our church. I love old believers too. I'm a bit of an older believer. <laughs> um, but I love new believers. You know why they ask questions? They're curious. They're growing. They want to learn. And so a wise person is a person who seeks knowledge it's uh, to have um, wisdom cannot exist without knowledge, and knowledge is not practical without wisdom. Excuse this illustration. To have wisdom without knowledge would be to have a car without petrol. 
It would be to know how to use it, but, but you can't use it. Um, there's nothing to use. A truly wise man has sought knowledge in the right place. Proverbs, we, we read Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. It's not all knowledge. It's the important knowledge. And that knowledge is found in the word of God. Our question, who is a wise man? And who is endued with knowledge? That word there, endued with knowledge, is one Greek word, and it means to be masterful. It means to, 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 to be a man of skill. I wonder, are you a master of God's word? Because God, I really don't believe, God will give us the wisdom. God will not give, guide us when we don't have the knowledge. Uh, the, there's a verse in the Bible that says, My, the people perish for lack of knowledge. Oh, that we would be people who wake up. First uh, Peter says, as newborn babes desire the sincere, the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Who is wise? Who is endued with knowledge? A wise man understands also that godliness is the very beginning of wisdom. Turn back to our verse, um, James chapter 3. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge? Let him show forth out of a good conversation. By the way, that conversation means manner of life, his works. A wise man understands that godliness is the very beginning of wisdom. God, godliness is, is not this, this, this piety that is optional. Godliness is not a bonus. No, a wise person understands that sin is foolish. Sin has a consequence. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 30, there is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against God, against the Lord. And the, the wisdom that would mock God, the wisdom of this world that would, live, that, would, that would exalt itself against God, that would live as if there is no God. No, we understand that's not wisdom at all. It's foolishness. Proverbs chapter 24 says, the thought of foolishness is sin. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And we must understand and have a hatred. In wisdom, we have a hatred of sin. Proverbs chapter 7 describes the adulterous woman. There is a literal interpretation of this, that of describing who she is, but it also there's, a, I believe, a spiritual application of spiritual adultery. I'm going to read Proverbs verse 7, just select verses, just listen. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house in the twilight of the evening in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot, subtle of heart. So she caught him and kissed him with an impudent face and said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. 
Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thee, and I have found thee. For the good man is not home, he is on a long journey, and with her much fair speech she causeth him to yield. With the flattering of her lips she forced him, and he goeth straightway as an ox to the slaughter, or as a fool to correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and, the, and knoweth not that it is for his life. You see, a wise person has a healthy fear of sin. They have a healthy understanding that sin always brings shame. But lastly, notice in our verse, um, James chapter 3, let him show forth out of a good conversation his works. You know what a wise person does? A wise person seeks knowledge to use it. A wise person cannot be wise without being a diligent student, without, uh, without having a person of knowledge. But there are many people who are seekers of knowledge and not wise. There are many people who come into our church, and I, I often I encourage people to ask questions. I encourage especially children ask questions, but I caution the people who ask questions when there's no application to the answer of that question. Um, was Herod real? Uh, the, the, the questions go on and on and on. But you know what? A wise person, they're, they're, not, they're, they're seeking knowledge to use it. Let him show forth out of a good conversation 1 Timothy says, now the end, of the, the end of the commandment is a pure heart, love, and f- love, faith unfeigned, and a person who is seeking God's word. I hope you're seeking God's word, but don't seek it so you can win an argument. Don't seek God's word so you can appear spiritual, so you can have the perfect answer. No, if you're going to be wise, seek God's word. To live God's word. Proverbs, just Joshua chapter 1-8, the, the only word where success is found says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. He says that thou mayest observe to do. Can I ask you this morning, this evening, are you seeking wisdom? You won't be wise if you're not seeking wisdom. You won't be wise if there's not a sacrifice, if there's not a passionate seeking for knowledge. And by the way, we've never arrived in wisdom. We ought to be seeking God. And certainly there are questions in our minds. There's difficulties that we all face every day. God's word has the answer. But as we seek knowledge let's let's seek it with the purpose of living it and secondly wisdom is not only seen in our life it is seen in our manner of life notice also james chapter 3 who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. A wise person, the person with the wisdom of God, 
is never contentious. They're, they're, never, they're, they're not angry. They're not backbiting. They're not disagreeable. No, the Bible says if we're to, wisdom arrives and it is characterized by a, the demeanor of meekness. What does meekness mean? I, every time I read that word, I say, what does meekness mean? Meekness means mildness of disposition. It means humility. It means gentleness of spirit. A wise person is seen in their meek approach to life. They are seen in their gentleness. Now let me remind you, gentleness is not weakness. Um, A wise person is not seen, their gentleness does not mean that they have no answers. But rather, a wise person is someone who has sought the truth. They're they're, uh, persuaded of the truth. They're certain. They're a person of conviction. They have convictions they would die for. They're not changing. But in the certainty and the absoluteness of their truth, there is always a graciousness. There's to be a meekness in our lives. And if we are ever so full of knowledge, if we are ever so full of of what we know and that they're wrong, that we lose the meekness. Well, God says, well, then we're not wise. There is a meekness in wisdom. Let me read to you a few verses. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 12 says, The words of a wise man are gracious. But the lips of a fool will swallow himself up. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 22 says, The desire of a man is his kindness. The words of a man are, of a wise man are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Meekness is gracious. A wise person does have the truth. They do have the answers, but there's a graciousness. Meekness is seen in the calmness of conflict. Can I tell you, I, am not, I, 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 I don't think I'm naturally, normally, a very angry person. I, I, don't, I don't think so. But meekness is far more than not being angry. Meekness is responding in graciousness to anger. That's a lot harder. How do you know? I I I don't I don't often come in to uh, to to work. Or it's not that pastor's angry at me all the time. But you know, um, in our family, you know, we're not ang- I'm not naturally angry. But when when you're in a contentious situation, can I tell you, meekness is power. Meekness is strength. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. A a meek person is not gentle out of necessity, but rather they are gentle out of determination and out of self-control. There's a meekness in wisdom. There's a graciousness in wisdom. And lastly, meekness is seen by a restful heart. Jesus said, come unto me, 
All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus was meek. Matthew 21 says, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass. Matthew 12 says, speaking of Isaiah, Isaiah speaking of Jesus, He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench till he send forth judgment into victory. Truly, Jesus was meek. Jesus was wisdom. Colossians says all the treasures of wisdom are hid in Jesus Christ. And all that we would be people of wisdom. People who have mastered knowledge. We know what God says. We are persuaded that God's word is true. But we speak God's word in a spirit of graciousness. Who's a wise man? Who's endued with wisdom? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. He has resolved to live God's word and he's resolved to share God's word graciously. That's wisdom. That's the wisdom of God. But notice, secondly, the destruction versus the manner of godly wisdom. Second is the destruction of worldly wisdom. Chapter 3, verse 14, but if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. And I, James is writing to the believers, uh, and James chapter 4 verse 1 says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts, and at that war in your members? The believers that James was writing to had become angry in their heart. They had become contentious. They had become bitter. And they had sought to use worldly wisdom both to hide their bitterness and both to enable revenge. Why would they become bitter? Why, you know, we're called, they're called, as Christians, we have a wonderful peace that, that, was avail- that is available to us and that was available to them. Why would a Christian who knows that we ought to be gentle and peaceable, why would we become, why would we become angry? And notice what the verse says, but if ye have bitter envy and, and strife in your hearts, number one, bitterness. Bitterness. The root of bitterness. We begin, we become hurt. We become offended. And we want to get even. And so, we begin to turn things over in our mind. We begin to ruminate. We imagine a way, any way, to pay back. We begin to argue first with ourselves. Then we imagine the response to, their, to, to what we have said. And then we formulate a cunningly, seemingly wise answer to that response. In our hearts, we seek a wisdom out of an angry heart. 
the wisdom that would even execute God, execute perfect vengeance is not right. First of all, we adopt worldly wisdom. We adopt an angry heart because of bitterness and because of envy. Wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? Envy is, is unique. Envy is, is so selfish. It is the dislike of something that is good in other people that is lacking in yourself. I don't know about you, but I'm, I always, we, we have this, this uh, tendency to, we can appreciate a little bit of goodness in others, but, but if somebody is so much better than us, do you naturally like it? No. And the Bible even says, um, I think I have the list here, um, that envying, Galatians 5.22, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, envyings is a work of the flesh. And so if it's a work of the flesh, we know that it is a natural part of our life. And if we're not careful, we desire, we hate to see others lifted up because we want ourselves to be lifted up. And so we begin to have a contentious heart. We begin to war and we seek the wisdom. We, we, we lift ourselves up because of envy. But notice also, but if you have bitter envyings and strife, Glory not and lie not against the truth. What is that glory not and lie not against the truth? I believe it was, you know, these people are believers. They're, they're, uh, they, they know the wisdom of God, but I, they thought, glory not, lie not against the truth. They thought they could exist with just a little bit of envy. They thought they could continue with just a little bit of bitterness. But verse 15 says, This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, it is sensual, it is devilish. There is for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Are you angry tonight? Hope not. Perhaps you are. Are you beneath the, 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 the smiling faces, is there a, a thought of bitterness in your heart? Is there a thought of envy in your heart? Are you okay with other people being admired? Are you okay with that? Because the wisdom that we would adopt to justify our problems with that, the Bible says is worldly wisdom, it's contentious and that wisdom is foolishness. It is earthly. We are called as believers to come out of the world. We are called to be separate. We are called to be holy. Verse 15 says, it is sensual, meaning literally it is animal-like. It is deceitful. Then lastly, it is, devil- it is devilish. It is de- demo- demonic. The worldly wisdom corrupts.
the, the Christian. Notice verse 16 says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Confusion, the Bible says. A believer that will allow themselves to be involved in contentious behavior. A believer that will begin to become argumentative. They're becoming confused. There's, what is the confusion? There are two things in the Bible. The Bible says that actually stop the grace of God. There's just two. Two things that God will work in our lives. But if we have these two things in our lives, God will actually, the Bible says they hinder grace. They stop grace. Number one is actually bitterness. And number two is pride. Hebrews 2, chapter 2, verse 15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fell of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4 says, Only by pride cometh contention. James chapter 4, verse 6, you can turn, you can probably just see it right there. Um, verse 6 says, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but God giveth grace to the humble. There is confusion. There is, there is, there is a, a sinfulness in their lives. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, to servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? We, as believers, cannot have bitterness. We cannot have pride and be unaffected. We cannot control anger. If we allow anger, if we allow the worldly wisdom into our lives, we do not control that. Rather, no, it controls us. There is confusion in every evil work. When we allow sinful anger and contention in our hearts, we begin to go down a road that leads to other sin. So as Christians, very simply, we are commanded that when, when, when difficult things come into our lives, things that would make us bitter, things that would make us angry, we're commanded not to reason with it, with worldly wisdom, not to vindicate ourselves. Rather, we are commanded to put off anger. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 says, But now ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. But put on therefore as the elect of God, holy, beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering." Oh, I hope we know, I hope we can see that whenever we begin to go down the road of contention and arguing, oh, I, I think so often, while I'm not arguing on the outside, there is a contention on the inside. And as Christians, we must see that that is not wise. We must put it off. And then lastly, let us have the wisdom of God. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Turn back to James chapter 1 and verse 5, probably the most famous verse on 
on wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. The wonderful thing is that if we need wisdom, we have but to ask. God gives wisdom. Let me read you a few, a few other verses. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26, For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. God gives wisdom. Who does God give wisdom to? I believe God gives us a list here, and I'll just close with this list. God gives wisdom. God delights to give wisdom. We're called to be wise. Only God can give wisdom. There is a wisdom that is worldly, but there is a wisdom that God can give. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. I believe before we can ever pray for wisdom, we'll never have wisdom, the wisdom of God, if we don't pray for wisdom. If we think wisdom is through ingenuity, through uh, brilliance, no, that's not the wisdom that God gives. But before we pray for wisdom, there's three things in this list. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. If we're going to have the wisdom of God, before we pray, you know what we have to do? We have to get right with God. We have to become pure. Isaiah 1 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as whole, be as wool. Before we can ask God's wisdom that he delights to give, we must become pure. We must purify our hearts Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to your word. It is coming to God. It is, God, search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way with me. God, I want your wisdom. And I know I can't receive your wisdom without first being pure. God wants to give you wisdom. God has the wisdom that I need. But first of all, let's be pure. Then secondly, we must be peaceable. The purpose of our wisdom is never to win an argument. The purpose of the wisdom that we need is, is rather, it is to create peace. When the contentious thoughts come, when the angry thoughts come, first of all, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. We need to settle in our hearts that we're going to be peaceable not striving, not contentious, not argumentative, not vengeful. We must put the, the wrath off in our life. Before we qualify for the wisdom of God, we must get quiet in our hearts. And by the way, if there's a problem that is not solved, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. We must commit to God. God, I'm going to leave this in your hands, but I will not be contentious. I will not be angry. If there's a problem, God, you fix the problem. Thirdly, gentle. We must be meek. 
We must determine to speak the truth in love. The Bible says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. And if we are pure, if we are, I forgot that word, peaceable, if we're gentle, then let us pray. Let us pray and God will give us wisdom. Where will the wisdom come from? I believe it comes from his word. And then that wisdom leads us to be full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. I've gone over time. But I'm just saying, I hope you understand tonight. First of all, if you're going to be a person of wisdom, wisdom is the best thing you can, also, you can ever be. Uh, wisdom is better than rubies. First of all, be a person of knowledge. Knowledge is, is, is to know the mind of God. Knowledge is to be a master of Scripture. It is to know the practical mind of God. What does God say about this? And then as we have the knowledge of God, God gives us wisdom. And the wisdom of God it never lifts us up. It's always meek. It's always gentle. And it's easy to be entreated. Are you seeking the wisdom that God gives? Or are you seeking the wisdom of this world? I believe the wisdom that God gives is so much better. And it leads to peace. It leads to joy. I may not win the argument. That's okay. I want God's wisdom. And I want 10 years and 20 years from now. I don't want the world's wisdom. I don't need the world's approval. I desperately want to make right choices. I want God's wisdom. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer.